0: NBA Strayer. How are you going? How are you going? What's that, Jim? You sound a little bit more normal, mate. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it is NBA Strayer. It is Wednesday, hump day, February 7. I still do have a bit of a speech impediment, uh, and I'm your speech impediment host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website. It's called CodeBet. Uh, you can also check out all the other stuff we do. NFL Strayer, Cricket Today podcast, the Football Today podcast, all that good stuff. And go do that. Uh, Fox Sports Lab NFL as well. Really good Super Bowl special that we uh, taped. Uh, anyway, I'm here. Larry, I'm in studios, hanging out, watching the very end of the uh, Suns-Bucks game. And uh, today, I don't know, what we've got a couple of All-Star replacements. The dunk comp is wildly underwhelming. Uh, Joel Embiid. Looks like he's cooked for probably the rest of the regular season. Probably. Talk about that. Uh... Either way, we'll wrap up today's games really quickly. Hit some Mianars. We saw Kyrie and Luca tear up uh, the nets. That was kind of fun. Uh, I've also got the unpopular opinion today. Outback take house. we were serving up a flame grill take. That's about the dunk comp, and I really like this one, so stick around for that one. Um, that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate. Spud of the night. Better than Lonzo Baller back. I'm happy with that. That's going to be fun. And we'll do the, uh, uh, what is it, a dramatic reading of a great moment in NBA Australia stat history as we do the Cam Air Besto. Uh, from yesterday, which is really fun, uh, and then we'll pick and preview the games tomorrow, and we'll also finally get to the NBA stray Australian player watch uh, as we go through all the Aussies because we had a couple of them in action today, and we've got a really good yeah and nah about that. So, without further ado, your poor mate Jim is going to try to muddle his way through another show. Let's bloody well do it, bro. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shock attack! Ah, you better I mean, especially if you're uh what? Luca. Jason Kidd's like, yeah man, Luca's better than Dirk. Shaq's like, oh, he's a great player, but I don't think you can start putting him in that category yet. Great player, but I don't think you can put him in that category yet. Great player, but better than Dirk, a little too early. I can actually kind of see where Jason Kidd's coming from here, right? Like, in terms of all-round players, Luca has a uh, just an insane skill set. The thing is, yeah, you can't put him ahead of Dirk until he wins a title and an MVP. So I'll pay that one, Shaq. Good on you. Uh, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBS, right? Oh, is it with Jim Whinging? <laughs> yes. Also the daily whip around. Uh, yeah, as you can tell, I feel a little bit more comfortable talking because it's a little bit easier. It's like it's really weird. Like, What is it? It's like uh, eight days since the surgery, so last Tuesday. Um, the last two days especially have been like you sort of wake up, you go, oh, the giant big sort of like post-surgery lump <laughs> on the roof of my mouth has gotten smaller and smaller the last two days, pretty dramatically, and it's a lot easy to talk. So, um, yeah, we'll sort of crush through this one, and then we'll sort of hopefully be back to normal, I reckon, in the next couple of days, and especially next week. Uh, so that'll be good. <laughs> right, let's do some news. Uh, Embiid, look, one to two months is the best case scenario at the moment, Uh but the surgery and after the sort of like if the procedure if the surgery is a full repair uh looks like the absence of Joel and Bede it could be a little bit longer and Wode just tweeted out today that uh a left meniscus procedure yeah he went under he went for surgery. just say it, Woj. It's so weird that he's not saying surgery it's like don't call it surgery it's like well is it is the procedure involving chopping into his knee? Ah, uh, well, yes. Well, it's a fucking surgery then, isn't it? Dickheads. Um, look, I talked about this yesterday and how this is just, the sixes are cooked. And they could be really cooked. And with the trade deadline this week, so this Friday, our time, it really puts them in a strange spot where they could still open up a crap ton of cap space this off season. So it feels to me like they'll just sort of keep their powder dry, right? Because as I sort of talked out yesterday, right, they've got an absolute as a row coming up in terms of opponents. They've got the uh, Warriors, the Hawks. Uh, neither team, you know, that great this year, but also pretty tough ask against a team without their best player. And then you've got the Wizards. They should still beat the Wiz because they're horrible. Then you've got the Cavs, the Heat, the Knicks, the Cavs again, the Bucks and the Celtics. Like the rest of their February is brutal. So yeah. Maybe pour one out for this year's sixes, which sucks. I hate it. Cause look, I look, I do get a lot of uh folks going, Jim. Oh, it's horrible watching him bead. He just gets fouled a lot, bro. It's not fun. Nah. Fuck it. I love the big fella. Going hammering songs. Like the big fellas of yore. The Hakeems, the Admirals, the Patrick Ewings, the Shacks we all grew up watching and loving. Uh, Embiid has a little bit of that. He does, you know, whinge and flop a lot for a big dude, but he's been fucking unreal the last two years, so this stinks. Uh, Shaden Sharp's also done. He was ramping up to return to play, but he had some worsening of his uh, core muscle uh, symptoms and now has to go uh, for some corrective... I don't know. Is this a procedure or surgery? It says surgery. Maybe that's what it is um, to address the core muscle injury. That sucks. So, look, once the surgery is completed, that's when they'll have a vague timetable uh, for Shaden Sharp. But I guess this is the sort of thing you don't fuck with. Uh, right. Some actual good news, though. The All Stars. We've got Trey Young. Oh, Trey Young. And Scoob. Scotty Barnes. Um, named the All Star East squad as injury replacements for Embiid and Randall. Makes sense. Love it. I'll talk about them again in Yenars, yeah, but yeah. Good call. The slam dunk, however. That's right, the slam dunk comp. Gone are the days of Sean Kemp, J.R. Ryder, D. Brown, Harold Miner. Shit, even J. Rich and Vince Carter. Superman Dwight, I feel like, might have been one of those moments where it's just like, oh, God. Dwight Howard, one of the... Least likable players in NBA history, even though he tried so hard. It's like, we get it. You're a dork. Piss off. Uh, and then it was, you know, the Levine-Gordon years. Really turned it around. And now your slam dunk contest participants. Ah, Mac McClung, reigning champion. Love it. He's awesome. Jalen Brown. That's an actual star. An actual all-star. Then it's Jaime Hawkes and the Toppen from Wish. That's right. Not even Obi Toppen, who's a sick dunker. It's his brother, Jacob Toppen. Uh yeah, it's not great, that one is a daughter's. Oh, That's look, Jaime Hawkes fine. But no one is sort of sitting there going, Oh gee, I'll tell you who I love watching do sick, like really super highly athletic dunks is Jaime Hawkes. Like no one has literally ever said that before. So yeah. <laughs> like Cool for Jaime Hockers to do that, but goddamn, nope. I'll talk about this again later. I've got an idea to fix this Uh So with all this in mind as well, so we've got the All-Star replacements. Uh, you saw Lowry go off today. You had Shea go off. You had Luca go off. Booker went off. KD was really good. And it sort of feels like for the moment, the West squad is... Just sort of settled, like, no injury concerns. We'll see how it goes the next, like, week or so. Uh, but it would be interesting to see if anyone else, like, who pushes their way into that West squad is, like, one of the bigger questions for me because you obviously got Sabonis, Fox, Lowry, like, some interesting names. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, right. Let's do some game wraps really quickly. We might throw in some trade vibes in the uh, unpopular opinion of the day as well. We might just throw out some names and just go, what – here are some teams that need some stuff. But anyway, before we do that, game wraps. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. That's right, the game wraps. Houston nearly upset Indy. Uh, they lose 129, 132. They're up by 10. They were flying in this game, too. And then it all sort of just fell apart as Indy went, wait a minute, we're better than this. And uh, kicked the shit out of them in the third quarter. Climbed right back into the game got up massive themselves, and then nearly blew it right down the stretch. It was a weird game. Seriously, they were back up like 14 in the fourth quarter, and you're like, this is the way. Because especially if you're like, I don't know, me, Jim, who'd bet on the minus eight and a half, you're like, yes, please keep kicking the crap out of them when you're up 14 points with seven and a half minutes to go. And they went, oh, nah, Jim, fuck you, bro. <laughs> Jalen Green just started going sick. He hit like all these shots where you're like, "Die, die, he's hit another one. Ah, oh, come on. Halliburton was sort of going bucket for bucket with him. But Siakam uh, basically hit the uh, settler three to put them back up ten uh, without three and a half minutes to go. And I'm like, all right, we're cruising. And then they just didn't really score again. And Jalen Green was just hitting threes out of his ass. And I'm like, oh, god damn it. Bettings for idiots, <laughs> including me, clearly. They shot 62% from the floor of the Pacers. Siakam had 29 And it's like, ah, oh, god damn it. Anyway, but look, Indy got the win. Big comeback. Rockets put the scare in them. Got up by 10. Pacers roll back. This is the thing. It's really tough. It's the Rockets on the road. You can't trust them to win. They're now 5-18 on the road. But Jalen Green is having, like, he had a real Barry Crocker shock at last game, but he ripped off 30 points today, 12-23, 3-5 from downtown, and one assist and four turnovers. Now, I'm no math magician, but I'm pretty sure that's a pretty bad assist-to-turnover ratio. <laughs> Wonderful. to four. Great. <laughs> uh, Shingun had 23, three and four. There was a 20 and nine for Jabari Smith and 23 for Dylan Brooks. And it wasn't enough. Like you can't outscore the paces sometimes. You're just like, God damn it, we don't have enough dudes who can put the ball in the bucket. It was weird. Like the Rockets shot over 50%. They had 15 turnovers to 12. That was probably the killer. They missed a couple of free throws too. But like Cam Whitmore was a little bit off. And that's almost like their margin for error. They had four dudes over twenty points, and without Fred VanVleet, the fight Van Vleets they just didn't have that extra little scoring punch from Whitmore off the bench, and it sort of sunk them. So, a bit of a tough one. Whereas the pace is twenty nine four and four for CR, and God, he's fitting awesomely in Indy. You knew he would, and he has. Halliburton had eighteen and seven, in only twenty nine minutes, sort of still playing. You know that uh, he's slowly ramped up, which is good. 21-3-2 with a couple of blocks from Miles Turner. 17 for TJ McConnell. He was really good as well. Barely missed. 12-6 for Buddy Heald. And away they go. 23-27 now, Houston. The uh, season is sort of slowly slipping away. 29-23 for the Pacers. Looking bloody good. Dallas went into Brooklyn. Oh, the return of Kyrie Irving, bro. Yeah, no one gave a fuck. 119, they beat the piss out of Brooklyn, 107. It was neck and neck to start. And Kyrie actually just got cooking in that second quarter. And the Mavs had a big lead at the half. Rode right from there. This look some nice little Brooklyn runs, and Ben Simmons is back. I didn't really talk about this on yesterday's show, but he came back, uh, what was it, the day I had the surgery last week. I nearly had a triple-double and sat out. And he did the same today, right? He had 9-9-7, nine, nine, and seven. and uh, they look like a v- much better team with Simo out there. It's like, oh, gee, if we've got like a ball-handling point guard guy who isn't Spencer Dinshitty, we're good. It feels like, though, Jacques Vaughn. Might be more of the problem there in Brooklyn than anything else. Simo's been pretty good. He looked awesome. He had a sick oop. One hand and just grabbed the alley-oop, went fucking bang, And does still kind of look afraid to get fouled. He got fouled at one point, went one or two. But you can see the outline of a half-decent team here, right? Ben Simmons running the point. You got Ben sort of as the defensive point of it, he's never been a great point of attack sort of defender, but on the perimeter like he's really good at switching and keeping dudes in front of him, that sort of vibe, right? And next to him though, you've got Spencer Dinwiddie, so you've got another ball handler and another kind of shooter, it feels like every time Dinwiddie moves off the ball even a hint, the nets, like he just goes to fucking shit and it all sort of falls apart, he was din shitty again today, 0 4 from 3 for his 9 points. Mikael Bridges was great, 5 11 from 3, 28 points. Cam Thomas had a 16 8 8. And it just feels like they can't get the balance right ever. They've got a million wings. They've got Nick Claxton. And they should be like a defensive menace of a team. But they gave up 119 to Dallas, which is admittedly like below Dallas's uh, season average. But God, Brooklyn just look really unbalanced. Simo helps. And it'd be interesting to see if they sort of pull the trigger on any moves uh, at the deadline. It feels like they should, could at least like punt and move like two wings like Royce O'Neill and Dorian Finney Smith and try to get something back and not lose too much. But yeah, interesting stuff. It really is. It is look, I'm serious, it is interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. For Dallas though, Kyrie was fucking fantastic. Thirty six five, uh thirty six points, five assists, fifteen to twenty four. He shot six ten six or ten from three. Luke had 35, 18 and nine. Ridiculous. four eleven from three, 13-27 from the floor, 5-10 at the line. Lukey, you're killing me. Yeah, 12 for Greeny Green, 14 for Hardaway the Lesser, 19-43 from downtown as a team. Uh, I don't know, Brooklyn's defense isn't good enough, though, to really punish a team like Dallas, but this is the upside that you see in Dallas, right? Luca even said after the game, he's like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. I can play way more minutes, and I don't get as gassed when Kyrie's there because I don't have to do everything. But yes, he makes a good point. So this is like the idealized version of Dallas, where you've got maybe not idealized, where you've got seventy-one points between the two of them. But it looked good, and it was really effective. So Brooklyn twenty and thirty, Dallas twenty-eight and twenty-three, Memphis put the scare into the Knicks, one thirteen, one twenty-three, big comeback from the uh, Grizzlies. It was weird. It was funny. The Knickerbockers were kicking the shit out of them, and uh, then suddenly they weren't. They'd lost Jalen Brunson to a tweaked ankle. That might be another injury replacement in the Eastern uh, All-Stars. Who knows? But I don't think that'll uh, happen. I think Brunson will tough that out because he's a hard-nosed backer. But, uh, yeah, they came flying back to the Grizzlies. (laughs) Like, at a point there, you're like, the Knicks are not going to blow this, are they? And they didn't. But it was still like enough of a uh, sort of weirdness where right at the end, I think they got it down to four points. And you're like, oh, God, what is happening? Again, especially if you'd bet on the minus 12 and a half, you're absolutely spewing because at one point uh, they were up a very, very large margin that was, in fact, 28 points. So they end up winning by 10. No hassles really in the end. Vince Williams at 19 and 5. He shot 6 of 17, though. Um, what, 16 for Gigi Jackson, hit three threes. Luke Kennard, the duck man, hit three threes as well. He had 12 points. 15 for David Roddy, the big unit. Uh they hit 21 threes, the Grizzlies. 21 of 37. That is a lot. It wasn't enough. <laughs> they still had 19 turnovers. Uh, the Knickerbockers, you got 27 and 8 from Brunson before he went out. Good to see Tibbs uh, being Tibbs. You know, the man who ruined Luol Deng and uh, Derek Rose and Joakim Noah rode him into the ground. But goddamn, he's an awesome coach. Uh, 27 and 8 from Brunson. Sent him back in when we're up 20. And then he got hurt. Uh, thirty-two for Dante DiVincenzo, four of nine from three for him. Thirty-two, five and five with three steals. What a weapon! Uh, and seventeen each for Isaiah Hartenstein. Hello and Precious, Achoo. Uh good job. Good win for the Knicks. Just uh look—they were kicking the crap out of them, and then nearly crap down their pants. Uh, Memphis now eighteen and thirty-three. Flip it up and reverse it. Reverse it thirty-three and eighteen. For the Knickerbockers. Uh, we had Orlando get fucking straight killed. But he got straight killed. In the Battle of Floridia. Brutal game for the Magic. And again, similar thing with Brooklyn, right? Like, you can sort of see, like, this weird unbalance sometimes. They don't, oddly enough. Like, if Suggs and Wagner, hello, Finance Wagner. If they don't have it, they've got absolutely zero margin for error, the Magic. And defensively, they can sort of paper over some of those cracks sometimes. But, like, Paolo is really, really, really good. But he's not quite that, fuck you, I'm going to take this over and we're going to win this game despite us being a little bit shit today. He's not quite at that point. And that's how you lose by 26 to the Miami Heat. Because Jimmy Butler is that dude who goes, yeah, I'm not going to lose this. And then they just fucking curb stomped him in the second half. 65 to 46 in the second half. They just ran over the top of them. Franz and Paolo, look, even Paolo was like 7 to 16, but he had 23, 9 and 7. 13 for Franz. Markel Fultz, 13-4. and four. But Wagner shot 5-15, 1-7 from three. Uh, Jingles was awesome. He had nine points. But, yeah, Suggs was bad. Johnny Isaac didn't give him much. It was a minus 18 in 10 minutes. And it's just like, oh, jeez. Mo Wagner, not much there either. And you're like, Ugh. uh Bam was fantastic. He sort of did a little bit of everything. Uh, I think when Bam was on the floor, like it was a plus 32, which is I think the second highest for the this season for the Heat. It's pretty crazy. It was a really, really, really big win. They're up by 20 in the second quarter, just ran over the top of them, and off they went. Um, They'd sort of like put up a bit of a fight, the Magic, but then the Heat just sort of kicked the shit out of them in that third quarter and just ran away with the game. So it was really weird, a bit disappointing, but this is it, the Magic. They've got a lot of talent on that roster, but if they're not hitting a couple of threes like the Suggs and Wagners of the world, then you're going to get cooked. Gary, Gary Harris. Yeah, 0-3 from three as well for seven points. For the Heat, Bam only had the 14, 8, and 3, but the plus 32 was just so telling. He was awesome. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 23, 8, and 8. Awesome game for him. Three steals as well. 18 for Terry Rousey, 14 on 13. Joshua. There goes my Tyler hero. Uh, big win. Good win for the heaters. Like, Jaime Hawk has had the 12 points. Josh Richardson 13. Duncan, I'd like to have a beer with him. Robinson had nine points off the bench. Smashed him. Orlando, 27-24. Same as the Miami Heat, which is interesting because the Heat are now 3-1 against the Magic in the uh, season series. So that is an interesting tiebreaker. Minnesota, shit the bet against Chicago, 129-123. The Bulls win in overtime because Kobe, Kobe White is fucking awesome. That's the analysis. Seriously, it was unreal. 21 points in the fourth quarter. Hit four threes. They were down 23 points. This, look, I it is weird to sort of like read a lot into one day of games, but we've learned a lot about a few of these teams. And Minnesota have not been that great since the start of January. I'm just saying, just saying. And this is another fourth quarter meltdown. I guess a team is not that good, let's be honest. Love Chicago, but juice, 129-123. DeRozan was huge in the overtime, and the Wolves, god damn. It's like, you can't blame injuries, you can't blame it. Like, Ant-Man was awesome, Cat was awesome, Rudy Gobert was fine. But it's like, yeah, Mike Conley didn't do much. He hit 3-7 from 3, but that's all he kind of was meant to do, right? 9 points, 8 assists, happy days. It's the lack of another sort of dude off the bench. Like, Naz Reed only had the 10 points, he shot 4 of 11 they sort of do need that one. Like, Shake Milton is kind of meant to be that sort of dude, just like a little bit of a microwave, just throw it out there. Hope he hits some shots, and it just did not happen. Kyle Anderson has these games where it's like, is he out there? What's he doing? He's just running around getting cardio in. 16 minutes for two points today, same sorts of vibe. But really, 38-12-5 for Ant-Man. Five assists, five turnovers, tough ratio there. 33-5-3 and for Cat, 12-16 and for Rudy. Jaden McDaniels, Nazareth just wasn't enough against a Bulls team that started big with Vooch and Andre Drummond, which was hilarious, but it worked. Because they combined for 40 points and 22 rebounds. That's pretty good. Basically playing Rudy and Cat to a fucking standstill. Then DeRozan goes off for 33 and four steals with five assists. And 33 points for my man, Kobe White, with seven assists because he's a weapon and hits seven of 13 from downtown. It didn't matter that, like, they got fuck all else really from anywhere else because Kobe's that good. Vooch had the 24-6, and six, four blocks as well, four blocks as well for Andre Drummond. The 16-16 and 16 for Drummond is incredible. It's so weird how he'll have a game like this every so often. You're like, is Andre Drummond good? Like, he's not that good, but he's good in certain circumstances. And if it involves going up against two big dudes where he doesn't have to do much on the perimeter against a Rudy Gobert... And he's laughing. And away he goes. That's a huge win for the Bulls. Caruso had the craziest stat line you'll see. He had three points. Shot one of five from downtown. Jeez, Jim, is he going to be a spot of the night? No, because he had nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, and four blocks. What are you doing, Caruso? He put on a Caruso. 24 and 27 now for the Bulls. The Wolves, 35 and 16. 16 and 11 away from home and dropped off. Top spot in the West. Because also, OKC dropped off the top spot in the West, leaving the Clippers there because the Oklahoma City Thunder lost to the Utah Yaz. It's a soft J. 124-117. Bit of a worry again for OKC as well, right? So I can look at today's games and go, Orlando, got some questions there. The Knickerbockers losing Brunson's a bit of a worry. I've obviously got some big clear qualms about Brooklyn and the way they're heading. Indy can't slow down Houston. Houston can't win on the road. OKC. This is a weird one. You couldn't get stops in the second half. Utah put up 63 to 49 on them. And it's definitely a moment of like, oh, yeah. We could probably use another big dude in the middle, whether it be Clint Capella, Big Beef Stew, like just some Nick Richards, like just a big dude. Or even just like some other dude who can help a little bit off the bench because they got like, I think it's 8 to 21 shooting from the bench, 6 to 13 from three, but it just. Like it's a lot of dudes where you're like, oh, it's kind of nice, good little role player, but it just doesn't have like that one veteran who's going to come in and get like three really important buckets off the bench out of nowhere. And you're like, aha, that's how we win those games. That's what OKC sort of needs. So Giddy had a shocker and uh, he had, what, well, 8-3-2. and two. He at least hit two of four from downtown, but geez. Uh, SGA 28-7. and seven. JW had 26 5 and 5. 22 and 8 for four blocks for Chet, but fuck all else, really. Larry had the 33 and eleven. He was fantastic. Five or seven from downtown. He had a massive dagger three late too. 22 and 9 for John Collins. That's our tall cocktail. 15 uh ah, 16 and 5 for DeKeontay George. He's a weapon, the rookie. Uh 12 points and 12 shots Chris uh, for Clarkson, but Chris Dunn was huge. Oh, but geez, Jim, eight points, three rebounds, five assists, not that big. He had four steals and three blocks and just was instrumental in ruining their shit in the second half. He was great. Utah now 26-26. OKC, 35-16. And, and then finally, the Phoenix Suns outlasted the Milwaukee Bucks. 114-106. The Bucks didn't have Dame, and it didn't feel like it mattered that much, right? Middleton went out, though, after a flagrant foul of like you know his landing space after he played eight minutes. And Beasley hit a bunch of threes. Giannis had 34, 10, and 6 and was really good. But you've got no Brook Lopez. You had Robin Lopez instead. And you're like, yeah, this is a uh, it's a thin team. No Dame. Middleton goes out. No Brook. And you're like, yeah, they're cooked. And they at least put up a fight, which was kind of cool. 34, 10, and 6 for Giannis. 22 for Beasley. 6 of 14 from downtown. Crowder is the guy where you're like, ah, oh, he hits a couple of those threes. He goes, oh, 4. This is a, uh, he missed one big one late that really would have made it interesting. Uh, the 10-6-3 and two steals with the block for him. Four steals for Bobby Portis, fighting Bobby Portis, fighting around the world. But he shot two of nine. And uh, AJ Green, 0 of four as well. All of his from three. They went 13-40 from three and 15-25 to 25 at the free throw line. I don't know, missing 10 free throws in a game that you lose by eight. Seems important. for The Suns, it was the Booker show, the KD show, the Brad Beal in the mask show because uh, their bench still stings. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just, woof. 28 and 10 for KD. He was really good, though. Um, he shot 11 and 21, 1 of 5 from 3, but just had these moments, like the dunk that he fucking yammed on Giannis and... A couple of other moments where he's just like manufacturing shit out of nothing. Uh, Booker was the same 32 and 4 for him, 12 of 21 shooting. And Bill, 25 10 with three assists and three steals. You're like, yeah, this is what your big three should be doing combining for an absolute crap ton of points. <laughs> Seriously, what are they combined for? Like 80, 75 points? Yeah, something like that. 73 points, not bad. Uh, nothing off the bench though. That's the big worry for me. It's like, yeah, Eric Gordon is good to have, but when he's shooting one or three from downtown, it's like, what's what's the point of you out there, having you out there, Eric? And he's like, oh, I didn't even know myself, bro. Yusuf Nurkic had the 10, 10, four and two. Grayson Allen, two or four from three, but they just need like one or two other. Like, they've got, again, another team that has good names. We're like, oh, K to base, D up's good, and C Little's okay. It's like, okay, Kogi, And it's like, ah, but they just leave you wanting. They need, like, two more shooters. And I feel like Yuta an arby was an absolute fucking sniper in Brooklyn, and he. it feels like you never see him, and you never see him shooting threes, <laughs> which is weird because um, I just want to see him more. Like, it feels like, yeah, he didn't hit a three for all of January, Yuta. god damn, That's chaos. Anyway. Uh, there you go. Anyway, what are the records of Phoenix and Milwaukee? They are. The Bucks thirty-three and seventeen. Wait, no, that's not right. I think they're thirty-three and eighteen now. And the Suns thirty and twenty-one. All right. With all that in mind, how about the NBA Australia approved performance of the night? <laughs> that's not a knife. That's a knife. I'll tell you what, Kobe White, what a weapon. Uh but also Luke Aaron and Kyrie, that combo is amazing. You love to see that. And Lowry, the 33 was a man's game against OKC, just really put his team on the back. But look, some really good ones. Kobe was fantastic against uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Lowry against OKC. Luca and Kyrie though against Brooklyn was just absolutely fucking fantastic. Pair of flame throw- throwers. They needed it and uh, stomped them. So I think it was 36 and five and 15 of 24 for Kyrie. 6 of 10 from downtown. 4 of 11 from downtown for Luca on his way for 35, 18, and 9. Just a pair of ridiculous games. Who was the spot of the night? Spud, 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 spud. It is spud of the night. We got an O of 4 from Kenrick Williams for OKC in 13 minutes. That's a tough outing. 1 of 7, though, for Jalen Suggs, who's the one that got me. Um, because he and Franz Wagner, 5 of 15. When you got those two dudes shooting, what, 6 of 22? Like, it's just, pack her up, boys, we're done. And they went 2 of 13 from downtown between the two of them. And, like, this is it. The Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? When we talk about uh, their bench going a little bit MIA, they've still got at least Chet, SGA, J-Dub, who can sort of go off as, like, you know, the fun sort of young team that has a couple of weird weapons, even though they lost. You know, they feel like they need one extra dude. The Magic don't even really have that. It's like Paolo, they then really need to sort of have all the rest of their dudes to do a little bit of something-something because, something, yeah, Fultz ain't it. And it's like the one thing that pushes me towards going, Orlando would be fucking great as a landing spot for like Dejounte Murray or if they want to go all, you know, completely balls deep, go Trey Young. Uh, they just need that extra organizer and an extra scorer. And they just, faults. God bless his cotton socks, but he's not it. Uh, unfortunately, no one shot the medic number today, so that's a goddamn shame. I blame everybody. Uh, right, what about Old Mate, No Mates? Old Mate, No Mates. Old Mate, No Mates. Old Mate, No Mates. Mate. Mate. Old Mate, No Mates. Old Mate, No Mates. Mate, no mate. mate, no mate. mate, no mate. Who's got no mates today? What's Kyrie in Brooklyn? but No one really cares. He's just like, you got booed a little bit. And then everyone's and went, whatever. <laughs> this fuckhead was barely here anyway. Uh when he was, he was causing havoc and being a dipshit, so fuck him. Uh very old mate, no mates vibes. And same with PJ Tucker is actively trying to get traded. I love that. What a phrase. Actively trying to get traded. So yeah. Uh does that mean he's like just out there just like whenever they're playing another team for the Clippers? He's like, Yeah, they're not playing me. Can you guys do you want to trade for me? Come on, I'll be real good. Oh, I'll be real good. Come on, man. Come on, man, trade for me, and they're like, "Ah, oh, PJ, would you fuck off?" Um, the Bucks are going to be sitting there going, "Oh man, we could use a PJ Tucker." That's right. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There's a couple of good old mate nomads though. but PJ Tucker—he's like, played in only 12 games since the trade. They've been awesome, but yeah, definitely. When you get the phrase thrown around there, he's actively trying to get traded. That's some old mate nomads vibes. Especially when you got thrown in the trade with your mate James Harden, and then you've been dogged by the boys, and you're not playing. Pantsing of the night. I <laughs> had a couple of really good ones. Giannis versus KD. Um, I think KD dunked on Giannis. Giannis went back the other way and got a sick dunk. KD was kind of there. Giannis absolutely fucking baptised Drew Banks, though. I don't know what it is about Giannis in, like. Big, chunky, goofy looking white guys on the Suns, but wow. Uh, my favourite was probably Andre Drummond going through Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert's like looking at this going, I've got a sick block. I'm a seven foot four fucking French defensive player of the year. And that's Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond went, pow pow! Hammered right, like literally went through his arms still for the dunk. It was sick. So go check that out. Finally, better than Lonzo Ball. <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think going gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Kobe White. Last three games, 33-7, 26-4, 35-9. Uh, don't forget Lonzo's career high. Kobe has replaced Lonzo on the Bulls as well. Talk about a kick in the dick. But here we are. 33 points was Lonzo's career high. Kobe just... Better that a couple of games ago and also equaled it again today. Kobe White better than Lonzo Ball. Also, that's not all because we do actually have, oh that's right, everyone's favorite segment. That's right, the magic tweet of the day. Congratulations to my two friends, Grant Hill and Cal Ripken Jr. for becoming the new owners of the Baltimore Orioles with their partners David Rubenstein and Mike Arugetti. Clap emoji. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. But my favourite one was the other day. It's just like, I love how he uses people's full names. So let's do it. I want to thank Greg Mondra and his wife Alexandra for inviting me out to hang out in their suite before the Knicks versus Lakers game tonight. It was very cool hanging out with their sons, Will and Jake, taking pictures and celebrating Jake <laughs> Jake's birthday with him and 17 of his friends. <laughs> Oh, thank Magic. I love it. It's like, I, to be honest, this is like the cousin Claude version of the Magic one. Um, I just want to know do you think Magic knows all 17 of Jake's friends and their names? Because he probably does. He's that kind of dude. All right, Susan Mianaz, right after, let's say this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Cadet. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Illy. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wortho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. NBA Australia, yeah, now it's brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch. People, get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. Uh, Over at nbaustradia.com slash shop. You can get a hoodie, get a t-shirt, get a coffee mug. Well, I've got a couple of those left. Uh, Stubby holders, help your mate Jim pay for the fucking surgery. (laughs) Jesus. That was a good one actually. It's like even rocking up to the place, they're like, Yeah, cool, you've paid the uh the doc for the all the surgery, all that's all covered, you're all done. You've paid the anaesthetist. He was a good dude. And uh then it's like still a fucking seven hundred and fifty dollar upfront cost at the fucking place for the procedure, the surgery. And uh they're like, Oh yeah, you get a big chunk of that back on uh Medicare, but there's a big gap, so you gotta pay this now. It's like me dead. Anyway, uh, go buy, <laughs> go buy some fucking hoodies, would you? <laughs> Help a brother out. Uh, right, yeah, now nah, Scoob and Trey were they the best call ups for the replacement injury replacements? Yeah, nah, yeah, they were. Um, Scoob has been really good, but the Raptors have obviously been pretty, you know, whelming uh, this season. But he's also Sort of taken a nice little step up where you're like, yeah, he's sort of doing a little bit of everything, leading from the front. And, like, any Boston fan going, no, oh, what about Derek White? Yeah, cool. Cool story, bro. You think Derek White's really doing quite as much as Scotty Barnes at this point? Not really, bro. Not really. Um, the other sort of, like, Butler was the other sort of one that I threw out the other day, but he's only played, like, 35 games now. Uh, and it's kind of like, yeah, I can't quite see that, you know. And the extreme zinger mill is the same sort of thing. Thirty six games played and just already injured, so whatever. <laughs> it's like it gets pretty thin on the ground pretty quickly in the east. You start talking about like, yeah, Jarrett go the fro Allen and stuff, and uh, whereas the west is like, there's a shit ton of dudes still there. But anyway, Scoob and Trey were the best calls for the injury replacements. It'd be interesting to see what happens if they have a uh if they have to replace Brunson, but I've got a feeling he'll play his, make sure he, you know, works his ass off to play that game. Uh, Ian Matty Bassett, I am Boo. Hey Jim, welcome back. Can we get Jock and Patty to Dallas and form the most Aussie team ever? Yeah, nah. <laughs> Luca likes a big man that runs the floor and shooters. I just hate seeing them on the bench. Yeah, nah, yeah. So look, I've talked about this before about basically forming the Aussie boomers. But Ian brings up a really good point about how basically it's a trade deadline and Jock and Patty are very available. And interestingly enough, actually kind of fit some pretty hefty fucking needs for a Dallas team, right? That probably needs at least one more big man that's not going to uh, want to play in front of Derek Lively and is just very, very solid coming off the bench. That's Jock. And Dallas could always use just another fucking, you know, heat him up shooter off the bench when Jaden Hardy doesn't have it, just go to Patty Thrills. You know? He'd be sitting there hanging out with Dante, hanging out with Greeny, hanging out with Jock. That'd be great. I absolutely love this idea. If Dallas did that, they'd win the title. Uh, Matty O had a good one. Uh, Jim, what the fuck? It was like the dunk comp. Yeah, nah, yeah, what the fuck? I mean, seriously, what are we doing? So this leads into both Unpopular Pin of the Day and Outback Takeouts as well. The old, uh, we call that a sofa. Now look at me, please. I mean, I love the Dunk Comp. I hate when we bury the Dunk Comp. It's oh, the Dunk Comp shit each year. It's like, no, because when you least expect it, there's a sick one and, uh, you know, it's really fun. But that also leads us very much, how do we fix it is the question. You know, I love the Dunk Comp, but what are we doing at this point where it's Jacob Toppen? I mean, what was it, Jericho Sims last year with the world's worst dunk? Where it's like, okay, good job, buddy. Then, how do we fix it? Let's do it. Our back take house. It's Wednesday at our back, and Jim is still only eating, like, liquids. So, I guess it's a, uh, what are we going to have today? We're going to have some sort of wallaby smoothie. That's right. You put a bit of wallaby in a blender, and away it goes. Tastes a bit gamey. Doesn't go down a treat, but... It'll put hair in your chest, I'll tell you that much, and it's only at Outback. Those are Wallaby Smoothies. And today's Flame Grill take is, how do you fix the dunk comp? Well, if you get named to the All-Star team, guess what? Those All-Star squads, East and West, have to send at least one player into the dunk comp, the three-point comp, and the skills comp. To the point where we could actually bump those numbers up they should send at least two players to the three-point comp. Maybe two or three to the skills comp and expand those a little bit more. But here comes the hammer for the dunk comp. How do you fix it? First of all, the dunk comp prize money is $2.5 million. That's an entire contract in the NBA for the veteran minimum. How do you fix it so that people are actually wanting to get that $2.5 million? Well, $2.5 million is a lot of fucking money. But how do you actually ensure that you get the best dunkers? Well, let's have tryouts. But Jim, when do we have the tryouts for the dunk comp? I'll tell you what, during the bloody in-season tournament. That's right, at halftime of the in-season tournament, we've got nominated dunkers from each team making it all the way through with rankings with point-scoring systems, and so the two highest All-Stars make it in automatically, obviously. So the two highest-ranking All-Stars throughout the in-season tournament of the Duncom. because maybe every single member of your team actually has to go in the Duncomp at some point during the in-season tournament. you got four games, maybe you expand that to eight next year for the in-season tournament. All of your players have to have one entry into the Duncomp at least. We knock it out as we go through the in-season tournament. The two highest remaining All-Stars make it through East and West. Boom. The rest of the field, we can expand it again. We can put it up to five. We can put it up to six. I don't care. But make the dunk comp the culmination of something. The in-season tournament is the springboard. Everybody will hype as fuck for the dunk comp that we've seen knock out all the way through the in-season tournament. If it culminates and these are the four best dunkers that we've gotten through, away we go. Build it and they will come. This will be the way to save the NBA dunk on. Only at that our back. That's not even a flame grill take. That's just a really fucking good idea. Just saying. All right. I'll be back in a second with Australian play watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Alright, let's do it. Strain player watch. Ah, so Gids had the eight, three, and two with the block today. shot two of four from three. Three of eight from the floor. He's averaging eleven point seven points, six point three rebounds, four point six assists. Sixteen six and five so far in February, though. Feels like it's okay. He had the twenty four six, six and six the other day against Toronto in that double overtime. Just want to see that little bit more consistency. He's had a couple of these games, just like the 12-9-5, the 13-4-2, the 12-8-4. That should be the baseline. I don't want to see any more 8-5-3s and threes in 22 minutes. It's like they played him the 41 minutes against Toronto, and he was fucking great. I don't know what OKC is playing at, but I do not like it. Anyway, uh, for this season, Gids is also shooting. 45% from the floor, 32.6 from three. Yeah, not bad. Uh, Box Hill, Benny Ben Simmons had the 9, 9, and 7 to follow up his uh, 0.9 rebound, 5 assist game the other day against Philly where he didn't take a shot. He had the 10, 8, and 11 against Utah. That was kind of good. But either way, 9, 9, and 7. So he's averaging the 6, 10, and 7 so far this season because he's only played, what's that? I don't know. Nine games. <laughs> so yeah. a Bit worrisome, but yeah, at least he's playing. He looked really good today, and I fucking just love the dude. I love watching the dude play when he's healthy and feeling it. So Patty Thrills, Patty Mills, averaging a two point eight points, one rebound, zero point seven assists. Hasn't played since the weekend in that double overtime against Golden State. We had seven trillion, seven minutes, zeros across the board. That's alright. Trade Patty hashtag save Patty. Jingles played today. He had the nine points. Went three or four from downtown. That were all. Those were all the shots he took. By fifteen minutes, he had one rebound, one assist. He's averaging four point eight points, two point five rebounds, three point one assists in seventeen point eight minutes a game. Shooting thirty nine point seven percent from the floor because most of his attempts are from three, where he's thirty eight point eight. Not bad. You'll take that, especially in the big jobs. The big one, the Rooster. Can't do that. It uh, <laughs> did not play today. Is averaging 2.3 points, 2 rebounds, 0.6 assists. Had 4 points and 1 block against Minnesota on the weekend. Uh, was that Monday? Yeah, maybe Monday. And, yeah, just sort of looks pretty unhappy. Just not getting out there. The Rockets are playing Jeff Green at the center instead of him, and it's a bit shit. Uh, Dyson Daniels, the vacuum. He popped off against the other day. Uh, 5.3 rebound, 4 assists, 3 steal, 1 block game Uh, against the Raptors. That was a fun one. They kicked the crap, and he played 21 minutes. He played 21 minutes the game before. He's averaging 5.4, 3.7 rebounds, 2.7 assists, shooting 42.9% from the floor, and only 28.6 from 3. I want to see that bumped up just a little bit. But Dyson, look, since CJ McCollum came back, it's, yeah, I feel like he struggles in sort of spot minutes, right? Anything under sort of 20. And he really struggles to have an impact. When he sort of hits above that 20-minute mark, even those last two games, 21 minutes in each, he's had the six rebounds, five assists, three rebounds, four assists, and away he goes. So that's good. Let's go, Dyson. Uh, Josh Green has been tearing it up, which is fun. Because his weapon, he had 12-2-3 today, 5-11 shooting, but two of five from three, and he hit a massive one, too. So that was awesome. He had 26-4 yesterday against the Sixers, which was massive, and 29-3 and three against Milwaukee. So... He is tearing it up. Undy Greeny is averaging 8.8, 3.3, and 2.6 for this season. Now shooting 40% from three, 40.9, and 48.2% from the floor. Greeny is having a really underrated year, and he is crushing it, I'll tell you. Uh, Dante Exum. Sort of, you know, the in and out aspect of Dante's season is, you know, to be expected for a bloke coming back from plenty of injuries and yet another injury just sort of hanging out. Uh, which sucks, but anyway, um, Dante Exum, just in terms of his stats, I'm just, like, happy that he's, like, half decent, you know? That's all I ask. I just want him to be out there and healthy. (laughs) Uh, Hasn't played again for a little while, but, look, when he has played, he's been really good this season. So, inactive basically since, what, Australia Day? He had the nine points in that one, the three assists. Hopefully he's back soon. For the season... He's averaging nine point two points, two point eight rebounds, and two point eight assists, shooting fifty seven percent from the floor and forty seven percent from three. Dante is a weapon. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Uh, and then we've got obviously Ozzy Batty T and Duop, the Grim Wreather, who should be in the Rising Stars challenge, but somehow isn't because I don't know, Adam Silver put in a call. With his anti strain bias. Uh, 6.3 rebounds and th- uh, 3 assists and 3 steals against Denver the other day for Aussie Matty-T. He is averaging 5.6 points, 1.9 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 41% from the floor, 35.9% from three. I love that in 22 minutes for the uh, Blazers. And do-up, bop, bop, do-up, 9.1 points, 3.8 rebounds and 1.2 assists for his uh, season. He's bloody crushing it. Seriously, he's shooting 48.5% from the floor, 39.3% from three, and uh, doing lots of damage. And obviously, always outplaying DeAndre Ayton because uh, he's a weapon. More do up, please. More do up. There you go. That's all the Aussies. Do up, Matty, T, The Vacuum, Sexum, Greeny, Jingles, Jock, Patty, Kids, and Box Hill Benny. Interesting season for all of them, isn't it? Been I mean, very, very, very uh, sort of up and down for a lot of them. Anyway, let's do a great moment in NBA Australia stat history. Oh yes, I love these great moments in NBA Australia stat history. Oh yeah, it might only be eight years ago, but that was when Cam Erbersto was tying back his flowing flaxen locks, shrugging on a three XL forty-one Chicago Bulls jersey. With the life grace of a young David the Admiral Robinson mixed with a cheater to start his third-ever NBA game and delivering the third-highest-scoring game of his entire NBA career. That's right. Cam Baerstow, the rampager from Runkin, Runkorn, knows only three things. Wally Lewis is the greatest Aussie ever. Forex Gold is sweeter than the mother's milk, and Saturdays are for the boys. But with Pau Gasol out due to a sprained wrist, probably worn down from years of making tapas and carrying Kobe Bryant, the big banana bender grabbed his chance to start against the Nuggets and proceeded to put on a show more cooked than Ranger Stacey flirting with Agro on Agro's cartoon connection. In only 10 minutes and 25 seconds, Airstow chucked up four shots in rapid succession, including a three. And sure, the forgotten golden child of Australian basketball only hit one shot, but like you and I, Airstow knows that when you've got girls' hair, you've got to dunk it like a man. So the one shot that Air Airstow did hit it was a thunderous dunk that sent J.J. Hickson sprawling all the way to the Spanish League. Yep. To get to his four points, esto also knocked in two free throws with the pinpoint precision evoking memories of bloody Michael Diamond winning the gold at Sydney 2000. But not to be stopped there, he also tore four rebounds down from the heavens like 93 MVP season Charles Barkley and added an assist so smooth that Derek Rose later got it pregnant. The problem was, in yet another example of clear anti-Australian bias, the mongrel refs somehow slugged Australia's Charles Barkley with five fouls. In only ten bloody minutes. Can you believe that? Five fouls in ten minutes. If you want to try to tell me that's not clear strayophobia, you can pull the other one. Here plays Alex Lloyd's amazing. And even though Airstow was plus five for the game, and it was his fifth best game of the year, the big banana bender would only play six more games in the NBA which is more of a shame than when they killed off bloody Shane with sepsis from a cut from a piece of wire in fucking Home and Away. Still, salute to Cam Airstow. Half man, half amazing, half luscious head of hair. On ya, Cam Airstow. God, I love that one. (laughs) That's a good one. All right, what about the Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in? We've got a Jock Landau one that popped up before. If I can find it, there is. G'day, Jock. Hello, Jocky. Hello. Hello. Uh, just a picture of him with the Rockets wearing the warm-up thing and then the Stay Ready gang. The other guys. are ah, the Stay Ready gang. So it's Reggie, Sniper Alert, Bullock, and Jock Landau both not playing at the moment because Emo Yudoka knows better than everybody. And uh, here we are. Good stuff. All right, let's do some game previews for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem. Jim, how's it all going? Yeah, not bad. As I said earlier, Um, yeah, waking up each day and being able to speak a little bit more is really fucking heartening (laughs) because for the first couple of days, it fucking sucked and it hurt a lot. And now it's at least, uh, manageable and yeah, it's not as wildly uncomfortable as it has been. So pretty good. We had a fucking shocking day on the picks today. Uh, missed out on Indy, missed out on Brooklyn. Uh, the Knicks did not cover. The Magic certainly did not cover. The Minnesota Timberwolves did not cover. The Thunder did not cover. The Phoenix Suns did. So we went one of seven. That is fucking brutal. The day after, I went four of six, too. Killing me. Anyway, we've got seven more games tomorrow. We've got Toronto at Charlotte, which is a fascinating one. The Hornets, you know, selling off all their dudes for parts at this point. Um, this is a weird one because Toronto and Charlotte are both teams a day ahead of the deadline, that you're like, uh, so who's going to be actually out there playing for them? And I kind of trust Charlotte to have more of a bit of a, uh, more of a sort of file in another ass. They've lost a shit ton of games in a row. It's like an eight-game losing streak. And um, I kind of think that the Hornets, if LaMelo is out there, Brandon Miller is out there, and PJ Hamilton, Washington are out there, then maybe, just maybe, the Hornets might be able to uh, snag a sneaky win, but it's a big time. But oh, look! There's six and a half point underdogs at home. I don't mind that a little bit, especially with the sort of questions that'll be surrounding the uh, the actual makeup of this Toronto team. Where it's like, uh, are we gonna move on? Any of our other dudes? Like, what are we gonna do? So, I guess we'll sort of see. Only thing is, like Lamelo has been out for a little while, so hmm, it gets very, very hard. Six and a half against question mark Toronto as well. I'm just gonna go Charlotte at home. Cleveland against the Wizards, ten and a half point favorites. I love Cleveland in this one. The Wizards again, that's a team just like dreading the fucking the axe. Uh, minus ten and a half. Give me the Cavs all day in that one. Golden State minus one and a half on the road in Philly. I love this as well. The Warriors need a kick in the ass. The Sixers without Embiid, even though they're at home. Uh, it's a lot of maxi, but the Warriors have a fully armed and operational. Steph Curry. you got Draymond out there. The Warriors have just too many weapons. They should win that one easily. So give me the Warriors, minus one and a half. Atlanta, Boston. It's a weird one. It's a tough one. Dejounte and Trey have been playing pretty bloody well. I'm going to take Atlanta, plus 11 and a half against Boston. Boston just have these weird games where they sort of just crap the bed, Don't pay attention. Lose to the Lakers. Like, they kicked the fuck out of the Grizzlies by 40 the other day, but they only snuck by the Pelicans the game before that. Uh, No, the Pacers and then the Pelicans the two games before that. They lost to the Clippers before that too. So, I don't know. 11.5 just seems like a pretty big number. I'm going to take plus 11.5 for the Hawks against Boston in Boston. San Antonio take on the Heat. The Heat on a back-to-back. The Spurs, plus eight and a half. Can they keep it close? Can they? Yes. Will they? Also, maybe yes. It's a tricky one, this one, for me. I kind of want to go the Spurs. But they've also had, like, these random games where they've just been horrible at times. And you're like, what is this team? It's like Wemby and they're getting fucking smashed by the Cavs. But then they nearly beat the Pelicans. They put up a half-decent fight against the Magic. Eight and a half against a Miami team on a back-to-back. I'm going to take it. I think Miami might just take it a little bit easy, maybe rest some dudes, and the Spurs sneak out, I don't know, an eight-point loss and cover that eight and a half. New Orleans take on the Clippers. This is a fun game as well, right? Because the Clippers, look, top of the West all of a sudden, the Pelicans playing really good basketball. And, uh, well, the Pals have won three on the trot. They have beaten, I think it was the Rockets, the Spurs, and the Raps. Not exactly a murderer's row, though, whereas the Clippers are playing the best basketball right now in the league. But the Pals, look, they've got a bit of size. They can go in there, plus six and a half. I don't mind that line. Give me the Pelicans plus six and a half. The Clippers should still win. But the Pelicans have covered the line in their last four on the road against the Clippers. So I don't mind the Pels. Give me the Pels, plus six and a half. And then you've got Detroit-Sacramento. This is a uh, – talk about another team that's like – Detroit just sitting there going, uh, yeah, we don't want to trade Boyan. It's like, why? What are you doing? Detroit, you morons. At the same time, they probably will uh, maybe just not play a couple of guys. They want to trade Killian Hayes maybe. Uh, Memphis has already been murmured about for him. I'm going to take the Kings to kick the fuck out of the uh, Pistons. So 11.5, give me Sacramento minus 11.5, and and away we go. Oh, God, this was a way longer show than I anticipated, (laughs) and we've got the trade deadline coming up at the end of the week. So, amazing gear. Uh, I just sort of at least have gotten back into the flow then today. Talking's a lot easier. We'll see how long of a show we do tomorrow. I might try to take a little bit easier and just sort of punch through the games and then Quick, yeah, nahs, any trade shit, and then fuck off again. But either way, back tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, face the IG, we're all over the socials. We've got the NFL Australia Super Bowl party on Monday at the Catfish in Fitzroy. And if you can't come along, you can live stream it with your mate, Jim. Uh, the camera will be on, Gaz and I will be commentating the entire game from the couch, at the caddy, talking shit, drinking beer. It's going to be great, so check that out. And, of course, get around in Cricket Today and Soccer Today. So it's Football Today podcast for the soccer. Cricket Today podcast for your cricket. NBA and NFL Australia. How good is that? It's all everything covered off. Um, Go subscribe to all of those. Make sure you rate and review all of them on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you use on the Android phone. It really does help out. Come on. Just review it, would you? Couple of words. Uh, get around NBA Stray.com slash so shop and get your merch. And a big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. They rule. So do House Hats, Joshua Delarantas Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sexture Green, 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 and Dozers. They're behind all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Give them a smash on Bandcamp, Triple Jane Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Stray Australia supports Australian bands. Uh, that's it. No skit today because I'm already cooked. <laughs> like, my fucking head hurts. So uh, we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Stray saying, Feeling all right. Look after yourselves, would you? Later, Hosen. Yeah, go, go, go. Stay off the weed.